Hello everyone, this is Jem with Bright Families, and today we're talking about what to do if your spouse loves junk food, and how you can diplomatically get some healthier food into your house and some of the unhealthier food, less nutritious food, out of your house. So, first of all, it's pretty normal to like junk food. Everybody has their favorites. Almost everybody has some favorite junk foods. I have some favorites. And I mostly don't buy them because then I will eat them. And my husband has some favorites and he did buy them, does buy them because he is much better trained to be moderate about his treats than I am. So some of this goes back to how we grew up. In my family, we had eight kids. My parents were not very systematic people, even if they'd wanted to. By the the time they got to eight, they were not. And so they would buy things like ice cream and we could just, you know, eat a big bowl of ice cream and then the ice cream would run out. So there was this kind of natural limit to how much we were going to have. And then they wouldn't buy ice cream again for several more days or the next week. And in my husband's family and other friends that I had growing up, they had a small bowl of ice cream every single night. So they bought the ice cream at the beginning of the week and it lasted all week. And so I think many families fall into one of these two basic patterns, right? Whether the parents supervised the quantities, whether there was a limit in terms of just running out and the parents let that be the limit, or whether the parents were more systematic people and there was a more structure around how certain treats were indulged in. So for instance, my family's, my husband's family always had cookies around, but they only ever ate one or two at a time. And my family rarely had cookies around. And then when we did, we ate more than two for sure. Now, in both cases, I can look at my adult siblings and my husband's adult siblings and everybody is at a normal weight. Everyone has figured this out, figured out their own way to approach this. And even when you look at adults, many people simply don't buy things that they find too tempting and they know they don't have a habit of moderation around those things. And other people are just more disciplined, they're more structured, and they can buy that thing and have no trouble keeping it within certain parameters. So this could be part of the reason that you and your husband have different approaches to something like chips or junk food or ice cream or soda or whatever it is. Now, my husband's family had a soda every day. They had ramen pretty much every day after lunch for periods of his childhood. They got chips. They made cookies or bought cookies. And overall, it's more carbs than I could tolerate. And I didn't want to be policing soda And he didn't really want to police soda. So there were certain things we just stopped buying that we never really bought for the kids. And he could see that I was going to be a much less structured kind of parent. And I hadn't grown up having soda or chips around regularly. So I don't miss those things at all if they're not around. And if... If your husband is one of those naturally moderate people, then I think the way to have the discussion is to say, well, that's great, you are moderate, but 
Our children are not necessarily going to be naturally moderate. Some of them are going to find this really compelling and they're going to keep going back for more and they're going to probably break the rules that we have unless we're both really, really on it. So if you're not really on it, maybe it's simpler to not have those foods around or just to have them occasionally. If you have soda only twice a year at certain parties or you buy chips just on the weekends, then the chips run out and that's the end of it. Now, if your husband just doesn't really care about being moderate or he just feels like, finally, I get to be an adult and I get to buy what I want and my mom never bought these foods or she had so many rules and I just don't want any of that. Now that I'm an adult, I, I don't have to deal with any of that. Then there's a little bit of an argument from health, right? Maybe you don't want to be eating Doritos for your lunch every day. There is definitely an argument from the kid's health. But even someone who wants to have pretty much free reign with what they buy at the store will often find that there are some limits that they want to have. For instance, the husband who wants to always have Doritos around might also want children who sit down and eat a good amount of dinner that mom made or that he made. And in many cases, you can't have both. You won't have kids that filled up on Doritos all afternoon and still have an appetite for dinner. So that would be your way to kind of make your case and say, look, if we want to sit, have them sit and eat and be civilized human beings and be willing to try new things, they won't be willing, they won't be hungry enough, they won't have a broad enough palate if we have so many easy, repetitive crunchy, salty snacks that always taste the same, then that, that in some cases is all they're going to eat. Now, another way to approach this is if your kids are getting sick frequently, that does have something to do with what they're eating and it's inconvenient. It can be expensive too. If you're going to the doctor and getting, paying copays, paying for antibiotics, and then, of course, any time missed with work and other, other factors, right? And then, of course, the hassle of kids being sick. Extra laundry and canceling plans, especially if you have something fun planned. That's, you know, that's not how anybody wants to live. And this was one of the debates that me and my husband had early on about food in our family. He said, why do you want to buy so much fruit? And I said, I don't feel right if I don't eat fruit every single day. And this is one of the things that irritated me growing up when we would run out of fruit. It didn't bother my siblings as much as it bothered me. But now that I'm an adult, just like the person eating Doritos, now that I'm an adult, I'm going to eat as much fruit as I want. And it seems that it'll also be good for the kids. And I said, also, bite for bite, fruit is more nutritious than crackers or bread. Kids only have stomachs that are so big. So you want to make a lot of their food nutritious. Not every single bite. I don't want to obsess. But you do need to make a lot of their food nutrient-dense in order for them to get what they need with their little tummies. So he said, well, I still don't believe you that they should need to eat this much fruit. I think this is just a habit. 
and you just like it, but you don't need it to be healthy. And I said, fine, whether you believe me or not, I work. I'm going to buy fruit or I'll, if I didn't work, I would go pick fruit at my friend's house if you weren't buying, you know, oranges at the store, whatever. Over time, what became clear is that our kids were quite healthy. They rarely got sick. And I also was pretty healthy through several pregnancies. And so in a sense, over time, the case got made for itself. But even before the case had been made by circumstances, I was very clear on what I was going to do, that we would always have a fruit bowl going in the house even though my husband could go months without eating a piece of fruit and not miss it at all. So very, very different, but it's more common with guys from what I've heard than for women to feel that way about fruit. And the proof has been in the pudding. He would, (laughs) this happened so many times that we would play with cousins or we would have something scheduled with a friend and the kids would get sick the next day. The other family would get sick the next day. Or our friends would cancel and say, oh, our kids are sick. And he'd say, wait, weren't they just sick last month? To me. And I say, yeah, yeah, they were just sick last month. And he's like, our kids, our kids don't really get sick. I said, yeah, I think it's all the fruit. And so oh, over time, when he saw that the kids were healthy and they were growing well, and they seemed to help them stay at the right weight, have you know, good uh, muscle development as they kind of, especially as they got into puberty, he started buying more and more fruit. He totally embraced it and he would buy enough to cover the whole sideboard with, you know, all different bags of fruit and we would kind of go through it in the course of the week. And we still buy at least a bag of apples, a few bunches of bananas, oranges, tons of frozen fruit because the kids enjoy it so much, it's not something I have to have any rules or systems about. It's self-regulating. There's simply not that much calories or sugar in it. And so it's a total win from a parenting perspective. It's easy and it's nutritious and there's no extra work for me. So that was a minimally five-year unfolding of that, making that case. And it started out with me holding the line, and then it's ended up that we are a fruit-eating family. And there are other things where I didn't say, we have to buy this or we're not going to buy this, but I just said, I'm not going to feed this to the kids. And I'd appreciate it if you didn't either, because it's not nutritious. So, for instance, ramen was one of those things. My husband had grown up with ramen. I'd had ramen sometimes growing up, but I told my husband, it's just salt and flavoring, and there's no actual protein in it. So it tastes like it has protein, but it doesn't. And sometimes we just need salt, especially after a long day. That's totally normal. But I said for our children, it would be much better to have salt with protein It'd be much better to have ramen if it actually had chicken or a fried egg or, you know, some other thing with it. This is not helping them grow. And then also the kids never saw me eat ramen. And of course, mom's the one on the ground really setting the food habits. 
And I hope you take some reassurance from this because really the mom is the one building the food culture moment to moment since you are probably the one that's with them a lot more and packing their lunches and planning social events and that sort of thing. Now, the other thing that became clear over time was that there were certain foods that, like pizza, where it's not really about the pizza, it's about what you eat with the pizza. So in my family growing up, we always had pizza with milk and salad, which is not very exciting, but is balanced enough that, you know, it's not a huge, uh, it's not any kind of problem nutritionally. And in my husband's family, I'm not even sure they had pizza much, but it was probably pizza. They had pizza once a week, maybe with soda, maybe with vegetables. I don't know. Now, we've seen families where they eat pizza with breadsticks and ranch dip and soda. And there is so much carbs in relation to so little protein in that sort of meal. And if you habitually structure your meals this way, you can see in the family how it contributes to weight gain. It's usually not every kid, but many of the kids will be overweight. And, you know, as my husband and I have discussed, there's no metabolic mystery here. That's just the way it works for most people. It is easy to overeat carbs, easier to overeat carbs than to overeat protein. And so if you have a very carb-heavy, low-protein diet, you are more likely, it's not inevitable, um, but you are more likely to end up with overweight children, not to mention overweight adults. And so we had certain things that we ate in kind of a, that were not quote-unquote healthy foods, but we would eat them in a balanced context. Now, one thing that was really great that my husband brought into the equation was his family always had protein for breakfast, usually eggs and sourdough toast. So that was really a great habit to bring in, starting the day with protein. And I did that for myself, but my whole family did not do that when I grew up. My mom had eggs and I had eggs and some of the kids liked eggs, but it wasn't a thing that we sat down and ate all together. And so as a family, we've taken it up a notch where we often have eggs. And to make the eggs more interesting, we often have some kind of breakfast protein. So whether that's sausage, the pre-cooked ones, or bacon, or um, ham. And that has been one of the biggest things that has probably helped our kids nutritionally, is to have a breakfast protein most days. It's not every day because kids do burn out on eggs. And again, I'm not as structured about the food coming from my family style and feeling like that worked fine. So I'm not going to make the kids eat eggs every single day. I will just try to have them have protein every single day. Sometimes it's breakfast meat. And sometimes they really just want a bowl of oatmeal and then later they get more hungry for protein. Another discussion we had when we were first married about food and junk food and what do we eat is that, and I know other ladies who've had exactly the same discussion, is to say, is it okay to eat something like cheesecake or cake for breakfast? Basically, is it okay to eat foods at the 
quote unquote wrong time, right? How much of our food traditions are going to be structured around what time of day it is and what meal it is. So obviously in America, we have kind of a tradition of eggs for breakfast, but in other countries they eat soup for breakfast or just porridge or something completely different than what we eat, or they just have coffee in a roll. And so when my husband was horrified that I was eating cheesecake for breakfast, because again, I was thinking, I'm an adult now, I can eat whatever I want for breakfast in my own house. I said, look, if it's acceptable to eat a waffle and whipped cream for breakfast, then I should be able to eat a slice of cheesecake for breakfast. So just let me enjoy my cheesecake. Now for the kids, this is not a good example. I don't routinely eat cheesecake for breakfast now that we have kids. But uh, when we when we do have kind of something a little random and fun like that, often people eat pizza for breakfast. You know, we I would eat pizza and then maybe I get hungry later because it doesn't really have that much protein. And then I go have a, some sausage. Or I just have pizza and just enjoy it before anybody wakes up. And so I want to emphasize that there's room to have a lot of fun with the food you're buying and eating. And I think there's room to be flexible and still have kids that are really healthy. They're growing at a good rate. They're the right weight and size and muscle development for their age because they are getting enough protein overall. So if your husband wants to have some meals that are just junk fun foods that all came out of crinkly packages and you can put some kind of parameters on that where it's okay that's Saturday night or that's Sunday morning or can we only buy one bag of Doritos for the family per week and then you can have your other bag at the office or we only buy this much ice cream or can you only buy it intermittently maybe we buy it in the summer But in the winter, I'm going to make, you know, cobblers or something like that. So you don't want to make food a battleground with your husband any more than you want to make it a battleground with your children. Probably your husband is bringing something reasonable to the table from his experience. And if he's anything approaching a normal weight, it's because he has habits that work for him. And if you are anything approaching a normal weight, you have habits that work for you. And if you're both feeling good with what you're eating, it does not have to look the same. So when you have children, you know, your husband might not need to eat many vegetables and you might need to eat vegetables every day to feel great. Your husband might need to eat way more protein than you. He might crave meat in a totally different way than you crave meat. And then your some of your children might take after him metabolically. And other of your kids may take after you. And I think that's one of the things to figure out as a parent. Is to be realistic about which kids are going to be more tempted. Have those conversations with your husband. And then... For yourself, have those conversations with your kids, with the kids that will be more tempted to not be moderate. I 
personally don't think the solution is to simply never buy those foods. Because I've known enough people who arrived at college with no ability to moderate their interest in all the different packaged processed foods. And so they just ate tremendous amounts once it was up to them. And so whatever things you're going to have around the house that are not the nutritionally ideal, perfect things can actually be a training opportunity, a learning opportunity for you and your kids before they go out into the world and then they really can buy anything for themselves. So the fact that you have a little bit of soda or a little bit of Doritos around the house can be an opportunity to teach them about proportions and moderation. And so for the the things we've ended up having around the house that the kids do like and I'm happy to have around, but they still sometimes are challenged to be moderate about, that has been a kind of training ground. So for us, it's things like, like chocolate, Nutella, certain kinds of candy that we have around seasonally, popsicles, which we tend to have in the summer and the kids will eat more of than they need if we just don't keep it organized at all. So for those things, we do have systems and there are a lot of other things we simply don't buy. So the kids have no taste for those certain packaged foods. They're just not that appealing. So I hope this has given you a little bit of an overview about how you might approach these discussions with your husband and be respectful of his experience and his perspective, be diplomatic, be empathetic to that normal adult desire to have some fun foods in the house, even if sometimes you're tempted to not be moderate about them, and to set whatever boundaries you're going to set in the nicest possible way. I had a friend who said she stopped buying pretty much any packaged processed food because she had such a hard time being moderate. And her husband didn't, and he was much more active. So she explained to him why she wasn't buying those things. And he said, okay, but, but really, we're not, it's, there's none in the house at all. So she kind of joked that it was this repeated discussion over a few months of okay, I, I get what you're saying, but but where where's the junk food when I want it? And she said, you're going to have to buy it at work. Just buy it when you go out. Buy yourself a bag of chips or buy yourself cookies and keep them at work, but I, I don't want to have it in the house. The kids don't need it, and I have such a hard time being moderate. And so it, it took it took several discussions until he really got what she was saying and said, okay, this is the new normal for our house. So this isn't a once and done kind of discussion. It could be weeks to months to even years to really make your case about why something is going to work better for you or the kids or for the whole family. So if you'd like more moral support, we are doing a summer food reset for families because summer is a great time to experiment 
and you've probably got a little more flexibility with your time. You don't have to get people out the door so fast. You can do more interesting breakfasts, get in a more protein for breakfast kind of habit, or just get them eating breakfast again if they started skipping that during school. And we start June 14th, so just check on the website if you'd like more information, brightfamilies.com. Take care.